Thank you so much for tuning in again. Welcome back to She's Taking Over. As always, guys, your reviews mean the world to me. I love hearing from you and hearing what you want to hear. This one may not be for everyone, so I'm going to cut right to the chase. And as the name implies, I'm talking about life after death. And what I mean by that is life after the death of a loved one, a a really close-to-home death. I'm talking a parent, brother, sister, a mom, best friend, whoever it is, you would know. And I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm going to share a little bit of my experience because I do get asked a lot about this because I know at the time of losing my mom, um, it was quite public. And since then, a lot of you have shared stories with me, shared your experiences with me, and I still get asked to this day, how to support people, how to support a friend, what to do when someone dies, someone passes away. And the first thing I'll say is seek professional help. I'm not here to do that today. If you like this episode, if if, if it hit, hits home, if it does things for you, by all means, I'd love to hear it. I really do. That's why I'm doing this. Um, but please, questions, advice, that needs to go to somebody who can who can really provide that for you. Um, for me, I lost my mom at a time. Uh, it was February 21st, 2020. And it was four weeks after I'd started my first company and four weeks before we went into the first lockdown. So um, soon after her passing, I also lost my auntie in South Africa. We were locked down, so I couldn't go see her. I was living alone by myself, obviously. Couldn't travel even five kilometers, so I couldn't see my family. And it was a super traumatic time. There is no right or wrong way to go about it, I guess. Like, you just got to get through it, you know, at at the start. You've really just got to get through it. And obviously, there are better ways to do that than others. Um, And again, that's not really what I'm what I'm here to talk about, but um, what I did really at the start, well, it was a Friday and so I got drunk (laughs) and I did that for many Fridays that followed. And I realized one day, like I couldn't keep doing that because it just wasn't a nice, nice feeling. You know, the first thing that, that tends to happen is this, oh, there's seven stages of grieving, right? Five or seven. And the first thing that tends to happen is, um, well, I likened it to being in David Jones or like a really expensive store as a kid with a backpack on and smashing the most expensive vase or vase in the store and shit around you just breaks. Your ears ring. It's like the world stops spinning. You get this sudden shock and then you just cry. And it's, it is shocking. It's so traumatic when something like that does happen and for me, you kind of you want to stay there for a bit because you don't know how to pick up the pieces. You know, you don't know what to do next. Who's going to come help you? What do you even do? Where do you even go? And life after death is something that I just I wanted to talk about it because I have experienced it, witnessed it recently. It's been it happens. You know, a couple of our clients, people it's like happens all the time. It's, it's literally part of life. So. I had to make a choice because I didn't want to carry this with me like a burden. I didn't want to be a victim to it. And I didn't want my mom's 
death to be this horrible sore point. And obviously to in some ways it will be, that's part of healing. But I really had to, when the time was right, I guess, work to celebrate her life in all the opportunities that I had to remember her. Some within your control, you know, like I chose to make playlists of her favorite songs. I chose to go for walks and just listen to her music. And I really made time to remember her and hang out with her. And I'm so glad that I did that because when I hear her songs, I love to hear them. I love to think of her. I love to sing with my family and her friends and and remember her and and know that she would be celebrating with us instead of hearing those songs and, and breaking down. And I think that when you have experienced something like this and it's so fine to freeze and do nothing for a little bit of time, um, but life goes on. It really does. For the rest of us, it has to go on because a part of us, whether or not it dies with them or life will never be the same again, however you want to word it is how you will believe it. And that whole part of me died when she died thing that did it like, what, what is that? You know, I could also say she lives on within me and the, the energy of those two sayings are very different. And I, I had to choose to believe that. And I do believe that, you know, I've, I've really worked to keep her, keep her memory alive to, to choose to remember her and to pray to her, to talk to her, to ask for guidance from her um, and to maintain a relationship with my mom in some ways. Whilst I'll never be able to pick up the phone and and hear her again, I definitely do talk to her and I do um, think of her really often. And it's nice. It's a nice, it's a nice feeling that has allowed me to sort of manage it and move through with it. I, um, when, when somebody that you love close to you passes away, there's so much advice. There's so much support. Everyone sort of shares their story. And it's something that you also have to be super protective over because people will give you their version of what happened to them with somebody that they love. And think it's helpful to you, kind of like what I'm doing now. But it might not always be. And the reality is grief can be a like a monster. I first sort of imagined it or, or spoke about it as being a monster. It would come up unannounced. It would be hiding under my bed and come up at night whenever I would try and sleep. It would keep me awake at night. It would scare me. It would make me panic. I started experiencing panic attacks and I never had had those before. So I didn't actually know what it was. The first time I was driving, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was super scary. And that is because there are triggers and reminders of these people around us. And there always will be because they live on in us. And also we will miss them for the rest of our lives. So they're around us everywhere we go. And over time, I learned to make this monster my friend. Now, today, I would invite it in and I would sit with it and I would play her favorite songs and we would remember my mom together. So the first thing that I would suggest or or advise, I guess, if you're listening to this, because I do want it to be of value, is to get help, you know, to speak with an expert, to talk about it, to really talk about it with people who can help you unpack it and and understand what it means to you and how you can handle it and to explore more of yourself that um, 
that comes up in that process as well. So getting help around it, definitely. And number two, like looking for ways that you can keep that person alive, keeping their memory alive and finding ways that you can really self-soothe when you feel that you can't. And obviously everybody is different. Um, But one thing that I decided was not to be a victim of it. You know, we, we all experience it at some stage and I wanted to make my mom so proud and by being a victim of it, I wasn't able to do the things that I could do when I started to make grief my friend and and to see pain as love and grief of a, as a reminder of the the love that we were so lucky to have in our lives. And I don't think it ever gets easier. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, you, it just gets more familiar. And I don't think it ever goes away and I don't think you're ever going to get be healed. You know, I think things will continue to happen. Like for me, starting to go to weddings really fucked me up because that brought with it a new experience that I wasn't prepared for. Like I wasn't expecting to feel what I felt at my best friend's wedding the day that I felt it. Um, but there's obviously other times that you can anticipate or understand would be challenging like Christmas or birthdays or, or anniversaries. So it's always going to be there. Um, and it's just about having those tools in your tool belt and the the mindfulness and awareness to reframe your thoughts, but to also process your thoughts and having the space to share and remember um, with, the, with the person that you loved. So don't know if I'll release this one actually on the flip side of that, but if it's happened to you and you're listening to this, get help just speak to somebody, an expert in the space and don't shut it out. Don't shut it out. It can be such a powerful experience. It could give you an opportunity to create, to connect with other people in your family, other people around you to to remember that person for who they were and to continue to keep them alive within you. So if that monster's popping up for you and if it's paralyzing and if you're pushing it away and you're choosing to live a very neutral, numb life, free from pain and suffering because you won't face the pain and suffering, then on the flip side, you will shut out the light and the love that is there for you whenever you choose it, which is however you choose it to remember them and to be so grateful for the love that you had in your life and lost. So Yeah, just thought I would share that one. It's something that I know that I'm asked a lot and I'm going to leave it at that because that is all I have to say on that. But as always, um, thank you for listening. And yeah, if this is something that you can relate to, don't suffer in silence. A problem shared is a problem halved.